All right, welcome to another edition of Designated for Assignment. Josh Goldberg here for another week, and uh, a disappointing week it was for the Blue Jays. They lose consecutive series, two out of three to the Orioles in Baltimore. They finished the season series three and ten against Baltimore, and then a really disheartening, disappointing series loss to Cleveland. Uh, and Sunday was really bad. It's just. You know, there there's just have been so many bad losses, so many frustrating losses, you know, a lot of the same type of losses where um, guys are left on base and, you know, runners on third or second with nobody out or one out don't end up coming uh, through or, or the Blue Jays don't find a way to cash those runs in. And then, you know, we saw it in the eighth inning, you know, Andres Jimenez doubles home a couple, the Guardians manage um, to do that. It just seems like that's been the issue all season long. And, you know, the, however many times you fumble an opportunity to score, you know, it puts a lot on your bullpen and, you know, the Blue Jays got it to the 11th inning. They battled back. Dalton Varsho tied it up in the eighth inning. But, you know, Jay Jackson was basically the last reliever left in the bullpen, and he's only up because Eric Swanson is hurt. And he gets two outs, and then, you know, John Schneider, I did not think, had a good day on Sunday. The decision to pitch to Cole Calhoun, who I know had had a hit, some hits off of Kikuchi, but his career, he's not been great against left-handed pitching and has been good against right-handed pitching. And, you know, it, it just made no sense with Ramon Laureano on deck. I understand Jay Jackson threw a horrible slider that got hammered and basically put the game out of reach by Laureano. But who's to say what happens in that situation? You know, do you approach it a little bit differently? I, I don't know. But, you know, you give up the big blow to Calhoun there, and that just seems like a lower percentage move. Um, you know, they bunted a couple of times, Kevin Biggio left on left bunting and, and bunting to the first base side, uh, when the runner's trying to go to third, that was horrible. Um, you know, that's on the player as much as anything, you know, the fundamentals, et cetera, et cetera, all this shit about the little things that they were going to do better. And, you know, you can't get a bunt down. Bunting is hard and especially bunting lefty on lefty is hard and, you know, the simple answer is don't bunt. You know, Espinal got a bunt down. Um, I think it was in the seventh when he came in for Bo and it was a bad bunt and he was lucky to get it down. And, you know, they didn't end up scoring belt struck out and Vladdy who hit a home run in the first inning and then was terrible the rest of the day, just kind of what seems like a real fitting encapsulation of his season. You know, it was just a poor performance in a game that you really needed to win. And, you're two and a half games back of wildcard spot now with not long left in the season. Um, there are 31 games left in the season. You know, the season is not over. The Blue Jays can still make the playoffs. I would put it at less than 50% that they do now. Seattle's on a run of all runs. They're having the run that I think a lot of people tried to talk themselves into the Blue Jays having. And you know, there's a lot of similarities in the way that the teams are constructed, starting pitching, bullpen, both really good, underperforming lineup for a big chunk of the season. And Seattle's figured it out and it's infectious and they got red hot and the Blue Jays just have not um, for whatever reason. You know, Davis Schneider is really the only bright spot. It seems like, you know, he goes a week in between playing, hits a home run on Saturday, hits a home run on Sunday, had a double. Like he has lots of good at bats. He, he can't come out of the lineup. And it's 
doubly, triply, quadruply, whatever you want to put it, important um, that uh, that he stays in. If we'll get to it with you know injuries to to Bo and Chapman, but you know in in these big important games, you know you just have to execute top to bottom, you know, in big situations, and they didn't. The Blue Jays did not. And they didn't push the right buttons in terms of the manager didn't make the right choices and that sort of thing. You know, a lot of the the issues that have plagued this team seemingly all year just sort of simultaneously uh, reared their head at a really inopportune time. And, you know, we sat here last week and talked about how this was the last, you know, the Orioles series, at least, was the last stretch before, you know, a bunch of games against teams under 500 and, like I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, the Jays have had a really good run against teams not in the American League East. They have one of the best winning percentages in baseball if you take away the games outside the division. And obviously you can't do that, but they had no games against the division until the middle of September. So this was a good opportunity. And they still have plenty of opportunity against these types of teams, but there's no more you know losses that can be accepted uh in games that you should win like you're not necessarily going to win every one of these games but this was an extremely winnable game you know you had a lead uh in the seventh inning and you didn't figure out a way to get it done and it was a lot of the same shit that has just frustrated myself and anyone associated watching the team following the team covering the team playing for the team it just hasn't been nearly good enough this year and it's been more of the same and it's just you know you you think oh well it's bound to change eventually and it just hasn't we're 131 games into the season it is what it is um at this point like maybe but i you know there's enough of a sample size here to say that this team is what it is and you know all this uh, little doing the little things right I, i still see a lot of shit that you know makes me scratch my head or you know roll my eyes and just wondering you know, what's going on here? Why aren't they sharper? There was all this talk about, you know, being more fundamentally sound and and whatnot. And it just has not consistently happened. And, you know, the the deck is stacked against them now to make the playoffs. The only, to me, saving grace, I I think Houston and Seattle are probably going to make it. It, Like, it depends how you look at it. Houston, I don't have any doubt. They're the Astros. They made it to the American League Championship Series six straight years. I think they've made it to the World Series four times, and that's been they're in a playoff spot. I don't expect them to drop out. You Seattle's got some tougher games down the stretch. Maybe they come back a bit. I think they probably will. They're not going to play at this insane clip the rest of the way you wouldn't have thought. And then you look at Texas, who I believe have lost nine of ten. They lost a horrible game on Sunday, and the Jays have four against them at home in about two weeks. So. Like that's really what you're looking at, but who knows what the situation's going to be in two weeks. The Jays have Washington coming up, and uh, that's not a gimme. Uh, no game is a gimme when you're talking about a team that fails to do some f- crucially, fundamentally important things on a day-to-day basis, game-in, game-out basis. You know, I'm not going to take games against Colorado Rockies or Kansas City Royals or uh, Oakland A's for granted. 
you know, the Braves lost two out of three to the A's earlier this season. Anything can happen in baseball on a given day. And if you're not playing well and your attention to detail is not there and, you know, you're not executing, you can lose to these teams. And the Jays, I don't really think, deserve the benefit of the doubt uh, with the way that things have gone this season. It just feels like there's a bit of a Murphy's Law situation, you know, all year long. It was they're healthy, they're you know, underperforming, but if they can stay healthy, this pitching staff, there's too much talent and now they're hurt. You know, Eric Swanson's on the injured list. Uh, Bo Bichette, clearly not a hundred percent. You can just tell by watching him. Uh, he struggled uh, for the last week after, you know, coming back on, on a strong note in the first couple of games against Cincinnati. And then he pulls up really, you know, gingerly. It looked like he did not run particularly hard to first base quad, uh, soreness on the same leg that uh, the patellar inflammation was apparently it's not related. You know, you, you don't, I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to see, you know, th- those two body parts, I, I believe are connected. A friend of mine who is um, in that line of work basically said, come on, like they have to be connected. It's just the way that that, you know, part of the knee goes uh, like maybe it's a compensation thing, whatever it is, he's not going to be a hundred percent at any point for the rest of the season. You know, Matt Chapman also left with a finger injury. Who knows what's going on there? Is that affecting his production? He made an error over the weekend. He's really struggling at the plate. And if either one of those guys is out for any stretch of time, uh, if either one of them, both, ideally neither, but if either one needs an injured list stint, I'm not calling up Ernie Clement or Nathan Lucas or something like that and letting Espinal and Biggio and what have you regularly play. You know, you want to make the playoffs. You want to uh, get a little bit more explosiveness to your lineup. I'm calling up one or both of Relvis Martinez and Addison Barger, because maybe those guys are not ready for major league competition. And there's a strong case to be made that that could indeed be the, the way it works out, but look what's happening with Schneider. You know, he had some, some rough moments after the great weekend in terms of his debut in Boston, you know, he was being attacked differently, but he's figured out a way to still remain effective, even with, gaps in between when he's playing and he gives them a little bit more juice. And I think that this is what this team needs. Like they, they absolutely need more oomph in their lineup. And you look at the numbers that those guys are posting down at triple a, why not take a shot on, on it? You don't really have that much to lose. Uh, Santiago Espinal's two for his last, I don't know, 22 or 23. And, you know, the, the reality of him being the shortstop, if Bo Bichette misses any amount of time, is not a particularly encouraging development. How do you look at in the mirror at yourself as a team and say, oh yeah, we're a playoff team with Santiago Espinal as our basically sh- everyday shortstop because our, our all-stars out. It's not a good spot to be in. And, and that's why I would, I, I would give it a go with one of those guys and see what you have. You know, I don't think you're going to shatter their confidence or anything. The rosters are expanding in a couple of days, maybe sooner than that. Uh, a roster move is uh, necessitated by an injury development an update one way or the other on Bo and or Chapman. But I would give one or both of those guys a chance because I just think that 
this team so desperately needs just a, a boost of some kind um, in just like a life on and off the field. It, it just seems like, you know, there's a real, it's just a real slog right now. And you're going to need to find another gear to make up two and a half games in the last um, month, five weeks of the season, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's go time. There's just no room anymore for lulls and series losses to teams that you should be beating. You know, the nationals are not a team. I, I think you can look at as, Oh, well, the Jays will, they can sweep them or for sure. They'll take two out of three. I believe the nationals are 25 and 16 since the all-star break. You know, that's a, that's a really good record right there. We're talking about, uh, I believe that is, you know, about a hundred win pace, very close to a hundred win pace. That's really good. And they have a ton of talent. Yeah. There's some issues with their pitching and what, and whatnot, but you know, if you're not sharp, they are clearly capable um, of beating you. And, you know, the way that the Jays are playing, if they're, you know, unable to cash with runners in scoring position or the pitching, you know, has some blips as it has here and there of late, uh, then you're going to be in tough to beat a team uh, like the Nationals. So, um, you know, they're, they're, the, the other thing that I was looking at and, and wondering is, you know, they bunted with Biggio and then they didn't bunt with Belt. I understand that those two situations are not the same, um, but why are you bunting at all? And, you know, why aren't you pinch hitting lefty on lefty? I guess you could go to, if you went to Kirk, they could go to a righty there. You lose the DH, but the game's on the line in that um, situation. And I want my best possible chance to win the ball game right there. And I'll deal with the fallout if I'm not able to do it. So I, I just thought that, you know, that was a puzzler. You're pulling Jordan Hicks after 10 pitches. I understand that the matchups and Mays has been really good. But, you know, Jordan Hicks is a rental reliever and, you know, not to be too harsh about it, but he was brought in here to pitch a lot because there's no assurance that he's going to be a Blue Jay beyond this season. Look at what Araldis Chapman did for, for the Cubs in 2016. The guy basically threw until his arm came close to falling off. Like he was picking up two, two and two thirds appearances, you know, just strapping the the bullpen to his back and getting them, you know, to the finish line. And it was worth it because they won the world series that year, but, you know, pulling Jordan Hicks after 10 pitches, I, I would have at least given him a chance there at the start of the inning. And, you know, then you end up with a tax bullpen, but that's all a domino effect of the inability to score runs, you know, Danny Jansen doubling to start the ninth and then getting thrown out. We talked about the bun. It was horribly executed, but it's just more of the same. You know, a leadoff double should be scoring a bunch of the time. You know, not 100% of the time, but well over 50% of the time. And, and you know, it, the situation with this team in those spots now is just you almost expect it not to happen because that's been the case so often this year where it's just like, oh, yeah, they'll find a way to fuck this up. And more often than not, it seems like that they do. And, you know, in the play, if you want to make the playoffs, you want to win in the playoffs, you have to figure out ways to score runs in those situations. Like, you know, this team doesn't hit a ton of home runs, 
Um, so that's often the great equalizer in the playoffs. You know, if you're not relying on a death by a thousand paper cuts, look at the teams that won the world that were in the world series last year, Phillies, ton of home runs, Bryce Harper went on an insane heater Astros, you know, they beat you in every single um, way there is to beat you, but they hit home runs too. look at the way that the world series basically ended last year in game six flipped on its head. Uh, Alvarez hits a three run home run, changes the whole complexion. They win the world series. Like you have to do that, but you also have to find ways, you know, to cash in a runner from second with one out and, um, you know, have better at bats and, you know, Noah Syndergaard gets designated for assignment following the game and he wasn't very good. He, I don't know if he has anything left in the tank, but he still went six innings. You know, the Blue Jays did get him, did get him for three runs or three home runs, five runs. You know, like they didn't do a bad job, but he still went six innings and was, you know, extremely hittable. And the the run total was crooked because, you know, for a change, they hit multiple home runs, which is a rarity. But, you know, they only mustered eight hits. You know, they were efficient. They scored seven runs on eight hits on Sunday. But, you know, the Guardians were just better. A, a team that, you know, was not anywhere near an offensive dynamo came in here to Toronto, hit a bunch of home runs, scored a decent number of runs and, you know, took two out of three. So uh, there are no easy, you know, conversations right now with the Blue Jays. They're in a really difficult spot. It's all of their own doing. Uh, They just have not played particularly good baseball really all season. I think their longest win streak is six. And, you know, they're going to need something like that. You need it like reel off four or five, six in a row, seven in a row. That would be great. Seven of eight, winning eight of 10, something like that. You, there just hasn't been that stretch. It just seems like every time they win three or four in a row, then they lose four out of five or four out of six or something like that. And it's just, it, it's two steps forward once or one step forward, two steps back. It's just, it just hasn't, you know, clicked really this season. And it's just, I know I'm probably not the only one or definitely not the only one. It's just not a particularly enjoyable watch. And, you know, September baseball never is playoff baseball. Never is. Think back to 2015, 2016, you were stressed. We were all stressed watching that unfold, you know, uh, hanging on every pitch. That's what makes playoff baseball so unique because, you know, from the moment it starts, every pitch matters and you know, you're hanging on it and you feel like a a one or two run deficit in the third inning could be it because, you know, the way teams deploy their bullpens uh, are so much more aggressive in the postseason than they are in the regular season. You know, there's just a uniqueness to postseason baseball that, uh, you know, makes it hard and stressful to watch. But I would have said this in May and I'm saying it at the end of August, you know, the way that the blue Jays play you know, it's not fun. It just doesn't seem like a carefree, happy-go-lucky approach. And I know that they wanted that to be sort of rooted out, but maybe it course-corrected too much. And it's just like kind of a blah group now. Like, I I don't think that there's anything, you know, negative between guys. Like, I I don't think it's a a bad clubhouse or anything like that. It's just... You know, it's just been difficult this year. and, And, you know, you're like, when a team is really connected and every facet is connected look at what's happening in seattle it's just the the joy is just 
top to bottom throughout that roster. And, you know, you play with a swagger and a confidence and it enables you to win games at a clip like we're seeing with Seattle. And, you know, maybe the Jays are tight. I would think that they are, you know, you've got Kevin Gosman calling them out for a lack of urgency. You know, I've, I've always struggled with how you quantify um, urgency because a lot of times you'll hear players with experience in playoff chases and in the postseason say, you know, we're just trying to treat it the same way. You know, if you make it too much, then that can often overwhelm you. So I, I'm not sure, you know, how do you display the sense of urgency? It's probably more than having, you know, a five pitch inning against somebody like Noah Syndergaard, even though you did do damage against him, you know, you gave up some easy outs. There were stretches in the game where you went down uh, rather meekly you know, he's, he's like Blue Jays fans everywhere. It's like, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And, you know, at some point in time, the clock is going to strike midnight, you know, the sands are going to be out of the hourglass and the season's going to be over. And, you know, if they miss the playoffs outside of 2013, I, I can't, I wouldn't be able to think of a more disappointing outcome to a season than this one. Um, you know, depending on who you ask, a lot of pundits had them winning the World Series before the season. I know that was the case last year, but a ton again did. And, you know, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of um, excitement about some of the pieces, some of the moves that were made and, you know, the the shift in perception of the team maybe being at a point where they made some moves that indicated that, you know, this was really their opportunity to get it done and to make that run. And, you know, we're sitting here on on the doorstep, you know, there are five weeks left and a lot can change, but we're knocking on the door potentially of another very disappointing year with, you know, no playoff success. And, you know, we're talking now about four seasons really starting in 2020 and I know it was the lock, the pandemic shortened season, but they did make the playoffs and four seasons potentially of no playoff wins and, you know, going backwards if you, if you do miss the postseason this year. So if they do, it's going to be a fascinating off season because, you know, there's a lot, I think, um, that would be in play. Hopefully, you know, they rectify this and we don't have to have that conversation on October 3rd or whatever it is when the second, whenever the season ends, but you know, they've really put themselves in a difficult uh, position. And before I sign off here for the evening, uh, I do want to get to a couple of tweets. You know, people had some questions. Danny says, why do they keep hurting me? Daniel, how, and also why? Yeah. I think people are just sort of at a loss watching some of the games unfold the way that the blue jays find ways to lose games is, is very uh disheartening uh blue jays expressed do you think the jays will go over the luxury tax for a second consecutive season next year i think a lot will be determined based on how the rest of this season goes like it wouldn't shock me if they scale back a little bit and you know they have a decent number of payroll commitments already. And there's going to be some arbitration numbers that are going to increase the payroll as well, but you are going to have some money coming off the books, you know, Ryu, Merrifield, Belt, Kiermaier, Chapman. So, you know, you don't have to tighten the purse strings, but I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some internal um, candidates looked at as filling in for some of the guys that are going to be heading out veterans who are going to be on the way out. I don't think that they're going to be 
extremely quiet, but I think that, you know, those off seasons of 2020 and 2021 and the last couple of years where they spent pretty aggressively to improve their club. I don't know if it's going to happen to that extent. So, you know, I, I think a lot rides on the remainder of the season, but uh, I don't think they're going to spend quite as aggressively um, as they have the past few years. Peter says, why are Espinal and Biggio still on the roster when there are infielders in the minors who would benefit from major league exposure? We talked about that. Um, if there is an injury to bow of any length, like I said, Aralvis, Barger, uh, I'd give it a look and, you know, see what you have there. Uh, a lot of people saying, you know, what's going to happen to Atkins. We'll see if he, if they miss the playoffs, it wouldn't surprise me if, um, if that's it for him, but you know, there's clearly a loyalty factor with Mark Shapiro with their days in Cleveland. He signed a long-term extension, I believe it was last year. I think it was five, five-year extension. You know, are they going to want to pay three years or four years or whatever it is, um, for him not to work? We'll see. They do have James Click waiting in the wings. You know, if he is a candidate somewhere else, do they feel pressure in that situation to promote him so as not to lose him? We'll see. Uh, I think that we're still um, a ways away from that. Uh, who's getting called up on September 1st? I think it depends on injuries, but my guess would be Chad Green and Nathan Lucas or Ernie Clement, realistically, unless something unforeseen happens with an injury. But even then, I, I just think that... I would be surprised if it's Martinez, Barger, or Horowitz. Maybe it is, but my money would be on assuming not long-term absences for Bo or Chapman, that it's uh, Chad Green and one of Ernie Clement or Nathan Lucas. Um, Norm will Mattingly be the Blue Jays man- manager before this season ends or at the beginning of next season. The Jays are not firing their manager on August 27th. It's just not happening. Um, and if he is the manager next season, like great. You know, he was the bench coach this year. So are you really expecting better? And he was, I always thought an overrated manager, you know, and weren't people criticizing him, you know, for that comment he made that got bl- way blown out of proportion a couple of weeks ago with uh, Caitlin. They did that. She had that piece and he was talking about, you know, how the team was constructed you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Like, do you want that guy that you were criticizing for that quote as the manager? Like, I, I don't think Don Mattingly is going to drastically alter the state of affairs here. You know, I, I think you look at his track record. It was a real mixed bag between Los Angeles and Miami. And, you know, I think that there's a, a strong argument to be made um, that, uh you know, he's not going to make much of a difference. Uh, Herschel says, would you offer Kikuchi another three-year extension before the end of the year, this offseason, or do you let it play out next season? I let it play out. You know, there's been a wild swing year to year. I don't want to lock into an unpredictable element commodity. And, you know, if he has another great season next year, you know, maybe it's something you talk about keeping him around, keeping the partnership going, but I'm not locking into... Uh, a pitcher who, you know, the pendulum has swung so wildly year to year. That's just too much variance for me um, to hand out a multi-year commitment. Uh, as always, appreciate all the texts and the tweets, or rather just the tweets. Um, at DFA underscore pod is where you can find the podcast. At Jay Goldberg 12 is where you can find me. 
you know, we can always vent. Hopefully there's more positive stuff in the week to come. Jays have the Nationals and then I believe a day off on Thursday. And they, then they head west to play the very bad Colorado Rockies. So, you know, another big week. They're all big now for the Blue Jays. You know, it's piss or, bet, piss or get off the pot time. Uh, and they have to just figure it out or... You know, they're looking down the barrel at uh, one of the most disappointing seasons in recent Blue Jays history. As always, please rate, review, like, comment, subscribe, designated for assignment wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate it. As always, I'm Josh Goldberg, and uh, hopefully it's a better week this week for the Jays. Either way, we'll be back next Sunday, as always, and we'll talk to you then on designated for assignment.